Hello, I am Crystal Grafton Combs, and you're listening to Coffee Talk with Crystal. If this is your first time joining us, welcome. If you have joined us before, welcome back. This podcast is a personal project designed to connect with the women of Alpha Omicron Pi and our greater community of sisters and friends. Sometimes I will answer questions from our sisters, and others I will invite friends to do the same. So, thank you for listening, and now let's get to my next conversation. Hello, friends. Today, I am happy to welcome via audio because we are not sharing space yet. This is still late March now, but I'm happy to welcome my friends Ashley Dumont and Jesse Wayne Grimm to Coffee Talk to talk about something very special to all of us. Um, I, in addition to you all being my friends, I share something very special with the two of you, and that is that we are food allergy moms. And I wanted to take an opportunity to talk about what that looks like, being the mom of a child with food allergies, why it's important to spread awareness, and also what we kind of wish everyone would know. So, Ashley, why don't we start with you and talk to us a little bit about your experience? Well, um, first of all, Crystal, thank you for covering this because it is, I mean, it affects so many people, obviously our kids, but so many of our sisters as well. Um, and I guess my experience, well, first of all, you talked about what we wish people would know. I, I do mainly think that a lot of it comes down to information and just getting the word out. Food allergies are very real. They can be life-threatening. Um, my sons are, thank goodness, no longer life-threatening, but we did used to have um, an EpiPen for him. But it's about um, respecting the fact that not everyone can eat all the same foods, and when people do have limitations, that's okay. Um, it's about being a good advocate for yourself, and also for us as parents, being good advocates for our children and their safety and um, making sure that people have the information that can keep our kids safe. Absolutely. Talk to me a little bit about how you came to know about your son's food allergy. Well, my son is now 12 years old, but uh, when he was about five months or so, and he was really trying to get into solid foods, maybe he was six months old, uh, I was at home alone with him, I'll never forget it, um, and I was feeding him um, like a Gerber, a pudding, or a custard, and he had taken maybe two bites, and he started kind of acting like he was choking and uh, crying, and of course, I didn't understand because it's, I mean, a pudding, you can't choke on that, and so I was beside myself, and I go, and I call my mom, I call my parents, and um, they rushed over, and then I, I remember calling the doctor as well, but my parents got there first, <laughs> and so um, my son was actually doing better by the time they got there, but I had no clue what to do. He did, um, he got sick, and at that time, when I was cleaning it up, cleaning him up, I noticed that he had red splotches just all over his body, and it just hit me, oh, maybe he has a food allergy. Um, I had never dealt with a food allergy. 
I don't have one. I didn't personally know people who did. I didn't think. And so I didn't know the signs. Um, so we did go to the pediatrician. Um, she sent us uh, to the um, allergist, and we did have Clay tested. And he tested uh, that he is allergic to dairy and egg, and specifically um, milk protein, which is casein and whey, and also egg protein, which is yolk and uh, egg white. So um, those were our that, that those were the things we needed to avoid. And so at that time, I shifted. I had the, I was armed with the knowledge, and I shifted into having to look for milk alternatives because again. He's very young, and I have to get all the all that protein and all those nutrients to him. So it was a challenge to try to figure out. You know, I have to read the labels and figure out what can he eat, what is nutritious for him. So that's kind of where it all started. And Jesse, what about you? What is what has been your experience? How did you discover that Will had a food allergy? Yes. Yeah, so very similar to Ashley. Um, my son, who is now um, 20, uh, when he was about a year, a year and a half old, we had taken him to uh, the park, and when he uh, took a snack from a friend, it was uh, one of those peanut butter and granola bar type things, took a couple of bites. And by the time we had gotten home, uh, shortly after that, he became very ill and exhibited um, not only just a stomach upset, he was crying um, and just very fussy. And so, you know, I just thought he was tired and put him down for a nap, but did think to check on him shortly after that. And very um, frighteningly, his face had uh, swelled up considerably. I could tell he was having labor breathing and I knew something was very, very wrong. So um, I did call the pediatrician and took him to the ER immediately um, where he was given um, steroid treatments and um, epinephrine. And we also, like Ashley explained, you know, you go to the allergist after that. And he was tested um, and confirmed for both peanut and tree nut allergies um and he'd had an anaphylactic reaction so we knew it was life-threatening and so i find it very interesting we were talking a little bit earlier that for for us all three of us have boys who have had this experience certainly there are many young women and and adult women who experience this as well but for my son, it was very different because he had already been exposed to all of the top eight allergens. And we, so we were very confused and concerned. We were at a, a big extended family gathering for a long weekend at the beach. And we had gathered for a meal, but had spent the morning at the pool. And he started coughing a little bit. We had not actually even served the meals yet. Everyone was just sort of getting together but there were snacks out on the tables and that kind of thing and and he started coughing and at first we thought he was choking trey literally he was 20 months old so trey literally turned him upside down patted his back and and he was um, still coughing a bit and then he was unwell and so i took him down to where we were staying down the hall and while he was in the bath noticed the whelps starting to come and 
fortunately, we were right across the way from a, an emergent care walk-in clinic, and they immediately sent us to the nearest hospital. And my husband had the presence of mind to call the hospital and to say, my son is experiencing these symptoms. He is in anaphylactic reaction. We are on our way. And, and when I tell you they asked for the make and model of our car and were standing gloved up waiting to meet us at the doors of the emergency room because he was laid back in his car seat gasping for air. And I think for me as a mother and having, he is now 13, um, having raised a child so far to the ages of 13 and 16, that has been the moment that I am most terrified by. And we did not know it was food allergy. And because he had already been exposed to everything, um, my husband is is an avid swim, bike, run person. He does triathlon year-round and, and had snacked on nuts with my son. So you can imagine our surprise when they came back and said tree nut was the allergy. And, and it was literally when they say off the charts, there's this funny little scale. They call it the RAST scale. You are very familiar with this. And he literally was tapping at the top edge of, of that scale. And it was just unreal for us. And then we did all of the things that you all did and started researching and figuring out how to advocate for him until he could also advocate for himself. And I think that's probably the scariest moment that I have ever had as a mom. I worry about the children, about a lot of different things, but I think what a lot of people don't realize is that it is truly life-threatening. Like, I literally have tears in my eyes talking about it because we try so hard to protect our children from all of the things and to express to people that it is not, it's not a stomachache, it's not a headache. It is a true life-ending challenge. I think is what I most want people to be aware of and a little bit of compassion. You know, it's hard growing up, I think, and I am sure that the two of you can speak to this, that it's hard just to be in middle school and high school, much less to be different while while experiencing that. And, and Jesse, to be very honest, I have had the the what I would consider benefit of you having a child a few years ahead of me. Because as things happened for you, you could reach out and say, I want to share this with you. And I think I have been so very fortunate to have friends in my life like you that were able to pass that knowledge along. Because that's how we all know. It's like why I know to carry two EpiPens. Because I literally know a food allergy mom who was so nervous when it happened, when her son was exposed, that she actually when she stabbed the EpiPen into his leg, she had it turned around, and so the medicine went into her thumb. <laughs> no lie. Oh, my goodness. It yeah. was, fortunately, they were at a, a a birthday party that was next door to a fire station, so they had an EpiPen they could spare and give her, so her son is still with us and, and enjoying what is now graduate school, but but it it, that is the reason her her sharing that story with me is the reason we know to have two everywhere we go because, you know, I would be that person in a state of panic that gave myself a dose of epinephrine. It's, it's very possible that one might malfunction or any of those types of things could happen, you know, in a fit of nervousness. Absolutely. 
So Jesse, your son is allergic to peanuts and tree nuts. And peanuts add a little bit of a different dynamic because because most often, or I would say very often, I guess most may be a stretch, but, but very often they are airborne peanut allergies. So talk to me a little bit about that. Right. So um, obviously we Americans love our peanut butter and <laughs> our children love it. It's in all kinds of uh, sweet dishes that we make. It's in our PB&J sandwiches. So that was definitely something very challenging to navigate, especially when he was young. And for many of his friends, it might be the only thing that they would like to bring for lunch um, to school. So that was something we had to work around um, and, you know, get some help from the teachers. As you said, absolutely, a little bit of compassion just goes such a long way with these things. Um, but um, I would say that with the airborne situations, um, being on flights where peanuts were served, was, and I know that you've probably encountered this too, Crystal, just um, it could be peanuts, it could be tree nuts depending on what the airline might be serving or what someone might bring on the plane. Um, and that has been very frightening in the past, um, especially as he began to fly on his own. And just trying to explain to folks around us that this is something that, you know, could affect him on a life-threatening level. Um, it's not always the easiest conversation, but I think it's an important one that you have to have. Most people, by and large, are very understanding can try to do everything that they can to help you out. Um, and luckily, airlines like Southwest no longer serve peanuts on their flights. That is I think correct. It was probably, yes, it gave us so much peace of mind. So we were very, very um, thankful when that happened. I'm sure a lot of other folks out there probably aren't so happy with that decision, but they made it for the um, safety of their passengers, and I appreciate that so much. Well, and, and despite the fact that my son is not allergic to peanuts, nor anything that is traditionally thought of as being airborne, the fact that it can can allow so many of my friends and and just so many moms and, and people, moms, moms, yes, sisters, brothers, all the people, that to give a little bit of peace of mind, the day that Southwest made that announcement, I thought of you. And I thought, what... What an absolute burden that has lifted. Not that other people can't bring peanut butter cups on a, on a plane. Certainly they can. But, but just the idea, I hope they don't, by the way. I think anyone who listens to this, you, there are so many other snacks available to you if you do not have a food allergy. And I'm someone who loves peanut butter and can have it. But even if I know I'm going to spend any time with you, I do not. Um, it, it's just, you know, on principle, it's one of those things. But I, I do think that one of the biggest challenges, you know, particularly when children are little, to your point, is that they want to, and, and Ashley, I'm sure this has happened with you as well, you know, my son would go to a birthday party and we would, when he was very young, we would actually leave when they cut the cake because he was so anaphylactic, if there's even a gauge from bad to worse on that, that we would leave when they cut the cake because they were so little and little children are sticky and they they touch each other and they're in each other's faces and I was so fearful. And then as he has gotten older now, of course, at 13, they can cut the cake, but he's never going to have it because I've never come into contact with a bakery yet, at least in our area of the world in the Deep South, that 
that is not cross-contaminated with nuts, and, and he is so allergic that cross-contamination is an issue. So unless unless we can make very special arrangements, and it is it is a challenge because it's hard for children to be different, and you want your your mom friends and dad friends and and all of the friends to be able to have the things that they love, but still have a little bit of compassion for those who cannot. And I don't think people shouldn't have the cake, but serving it at the end after the rest of the activities are done so that the children can stay and comfortably engage and interact, I think, is something that food allergy moms have a hard time communicating because you you are so grateful when your child can attend something, but then so fearful at the same time because because it is there there are so many dangerous things and i can only imagine that is true with with milk and eggs when you're talking about things like kids birthday parties you know and there was a time we wouldn't even go and then he got old enough but but there's always that fear right oh yeah um you know that that you're absolutely right and um Gosh, what a long road it's been for us <laughs> with milk and egg and birthday parties and pizza parties at school and, you know, because Clay can't have the pizza, um, he can't have the cheese. Um, I became the mom who would, if I, I always <clears throat> would let the teacher know at the beginning of the year, of course, um, you know, Clay has these allergies, please make sure he doesn't come in contact with these things and Luckily, um, you know, they, they've always been very communicative. And if there was going to be a snack, they would let me know so I could provide an alternative, what we call play-safe snacks. <laughs> yes. um, and if there was going to be a birthday party, um, I always asked them to let me know so I could. And what I've done countless times, whether it's sending something to school or sending, I mean, uh, showing up to a birthday party with, a clay safe treat um i would provide cookies he could have or i have a recipe for these like cupcakes that he loves that it's two ingredients and he loves them and um and they're clay safe and so um i would always make sure he was included even though it was a little different and bless their his sweet little friend's hearts they understood and they tried to take care as well but um it's it's been a long road and it's we definitely had to get to a place of understanding with him because at first it is difficult when they're very very young because they just want to participate with their friends and then they but we just have to help them understand you know it it will make you very sick and help help the teacher understand and the parents and i've been i've really made that kind of my mission with him and with providing things that he may be a little bit different and unable to eat all the same things, but there's a lot of things he can have too. So we've taken that angle. I think so too. Uh, tell me, Jesse, what what have you done that has maybe helped ease that a little bit? Because you also, I mean, Will among the three of us is the first one to have gone to college with a yes. food allergy. So I know that that even when you transition out of that. Everyone wants to be the same because that's what you do in third grade or sixth grade or whatever um, until they can really advocate for themselves and find their people. And I've often said to my son, you know, baby, if there is if there is someone who cannot accommodate this for you, then they're just not our people. 
And that's okay. It doesn't make them bad. It just means they're not for us. But it it opens a whole new world, I feel like, when you send them off to college. So talk a little bit about that. Well, it's very interesting you bring that up, Crystal, because um, before he went to college, he participated on a college campus summer program um, where he had a roommate and they served um, sandwiches from a very popular chain restaurant and he didn't, it was the one time he didn't think to check and at that time he was a high school sophomore and it had pesto, the sandwich had pesto, one bite, we always say it only takes one bite and sure enough it's the mother's worst nightmare, you're thousands of miles away from your child and he's telling you over the phone that he has had a you know, a tree nut, um, um, you know, situation, and he has to go to the ER immediately. He self-injected right away um, with his epinephrine and had the director take him right to the ER. Thankfully, we had family in the area to be of of support to us. That lesson, um, Crystal and Ashley, I felt came early enough, but timely enough that when he went to college, there was never any thought like, Oh, I'm fine. Um, I think that was a very, very timely lesson in you can never be sure what is going to happen and you must always be prepared with that epinephrine on you um, at all times for the unexpected. And um, luckily he came out of that reaction without any problems, but when he went off to college, I think he realized I have to take this very seriously. Um, my parents aren't here, it's on me. Um, and one thing we faced right away was how to tell his roommate. And so that was something um, I did not navigate. I knew that there were parents who were very um, proactive in that way, but I really felt he was 18 years old, this was a conversation that he had to have with his roommate and it would be very awkward for me as his mother to become involved with that interaction, um, it would be much more organic for them just to have a conversation about just like anything that, that you know they might need to know about each other. So um, luckily he had an outstanding roommate who was extremely fine with it. His university actually would have gone to the effort to accommodate him with another roommate who had the same allergy and put him in a special dorm um, where their dining hall does not serve any nuts. Oh, wow. Um, which was amazing. Um, however, the world does not work that way always, <laughs> as we all know. Yes. And so Will Graham had to make the difficult choice to say, I really think that I'm just going to learn how to do this and live among other students um, who don't share the same things that I do necessarily we all have to learn how to live with each other, Mom. And so um, with a lot of bated breath, I said, okay, and let him do that. And I think that was the right choice for him. Um, I do believe that every student um, who has a food allergy has different situations that might not lend themselves to making that choice, but it was the right one for him. Um, but it does require a lot of vigilance in the dining hall and wherever you go. Well, so let's talk about awkward conversations because my son is, you know, it's a very interesting time 
to have teenage boys, and as opposed to when I was a teenage girl, we didn't, I mean, it was just that time when you sort of could reach out and call a boy, but even that was almost considered beyond the line of appropriate behavior for young ladies. Certainly, all these years later, it is a very different world, and I find that these young women who I actually really enjoy in my son's class. I, you know, he goes to a, a small school and the classes you tend to get to know the, the kids and the moms really well rather quickly. And he went to the same school for many years and then we transitioned into a school that, that feeds into his high school where his brother is and, and that he will begin next year. And what I found out was should not have been surprised about, but was very surprised about was that as the time came, and it is upon us, that these young women call and text and snap and do all the chat rooms and all the things that I am trying to stay ahead of the eight ball on, um, that I had to sit down and have the conversation with Wyatt that, you know, you are never going to be the spontaneous boyfriend who comes up and kisses a girl unexpectedly. And, you know, he kind of looked at me and then, you know, the first expression that passed across his face was one of being mortified because his mother was talking <laughs> to him about kissing a girl. Yes. And, and the second was, oh my gosh, I can't have this conversation with you. You are my mom. And, and then the third was, oh, she's not going to let me out of this conversation. And it was this very resigned, okay, fine. And, but, but I said to him, you know, Wyatt, his, his reality, his reality is that his allergy is significant enough that if a young woman were to be eating nuts and he swims, which is where they all eat all of the nuts, and we are so fortunate that his swim team, friends and colleagues, and, and they are so great about it, and, and they really do look out for him. But it is sort of that go-to snack for swimmers. And, and I said, you know, Wyatt, there is never going to be a time that you're going to just come grab your girlfriend walking down the hallway or, or in the movies or something that if you haven't had this conversation that that you can just come and you know smack her on the lips and he's dying inside as we're having this talk and fortunately I, I, I'm hopeful that I'm correct that we're not quite there yet but it was a very real conversation and I would rather have it now when we're not quite there as opposed to later when we're after there and you know she's popped some, you know, handful of nuts in her mouth and they see each other at swim practice and here we go. And and for any of the girls listening, no, he is not dating anyone at swim. But um, for what that is, that's a thing sometimes, um, but for what that's worth, it, it was an extremely uncomfortable conversation. And yet, I mean, talk about awkward, but, but it is a necessary one to have and one that that I did not relish, but I consistently reinforce, not on a daily basis, but just as friend girls come and go, because I'm not quite comfortable saying it any other way, but as we have these friend girls, if we start to spend time and if they're going to see a movie together, even with parents in the same theater, because that's where we are at 13, that that I say, now Wyatt, you are aware. And of course, at this point, he rolls his eyes and says, yes, and we're not there, Mom, but but it won't be long. And and that is the kind of stuff that I think maybe sometimes people don't realize that you have to have with people, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I 
absolutely. Um, you know, even it's not just what you're eating at prom for dinner, but what is your date eating, you know, and all the conversations um, relating to dating someone and um, definitely establishing a closeness with them involves a little bit more for those of us with food allergies. So I love I how you say that, establishing a closeness. <laughs> yes, yes, it is, it is quite close. It's close as pretty darn close, let's just say. Um, so I think that it is a, a little bit uncomfortable, but at the same time, grocery pickup is we would go and whoever was grocery shopping, you know, looks at the label, reads it, checks it, puts it in the basket. And then whoever is, is unpacking it at the house, which is someone different, they're double checking it and putting a set of eyes on it. And it was not tremendously long ago that, oh my goodness, it was these little like cereal straw things. And the boys used to think they were just all the rage, right? And, and you know, we don't think anything about it. Trey and I had gone to the market together. 
we pick up the the box, you know, look at it cursory because it's something that we know is in our, our actual pantry at the moment. So you do look and you put it in, but it's almost as if it becomes routine. And as Aiden was going to put it in its place in the pantry, he turns it over and looks and he says, whoa, 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 this could kill my brother. We will send it back. And and I looked at it and I said, oh my gosh, like Trey and I had missed it. And literally I have one in my pantry and I have one in my hand that we had just bought at the market. And they, one was safe and one was not. It was cross-contaminated. It is now made on shared equipment. So what people, you know, don't realize is that, for instance, peanut M&Ms, my son can have peanuts, but they are manufactured on shared equipment with um, with almonds. And some sizes of Hershey bars are safe. Some sizes are not because of cross-contamination. And so even if it's something you have been familiar with before, you know, I bake once a year and send this very specific cookie out to several friends. Jesse, you are among them, and I I always am specific to make sure that it's not just peanut tree nut. I I mean, not just tree nut, but also peanut because of your son. And, and, you know, every now and then I'm, I'm double checking and double checking because the labels all do look so similarly and they do not yet have to say this label has changed. Look again. Um, and, and, you know, it can be missed even when you're doing the best that you can. So the other thing I would caution people is that even when you're trying to do something nice for others, just don't let that assumption get the best of you. There are even milks now that are cross-contaminated because of the the trend in almond milks and, and different kind of nut milks. There are hair products that I can't use anymore because they have macadamia oils, and, and that is definitely a tree nut. It's one he tests out highest for. So I, I think that maybe, you know, people don't realize they'll see that you're eating a Hershey bar, but then another size Hershey bar is not okay. And boy, I love a Hershey bar, but I can only have one specific size because otherwise it's a threat to Wyatt. And I don't know if you all have had those experiences, but it is it is something that you have to be so vigilant about all of the time because one size literally does not fit all when it comes to food allergy. Yeah, we um, actually just had that experience in November with Clay with Laffy Taffy. Uh, of all things, he can have the little fun size Laffy Taffies, but uh, we were, um, he had gotten a Laffy Taffy that was like a, a larger size, and I didn't even think to look at the, at the label, and um, he took two bites and felt awful. So we look at the label, at the ingredients, and the second or third ingredient was egg, of all things. Um, never would have guessed it would be different between two sizes or that it would be in Laffy Taffy. Well, we ended up having to take him to the emergency room because he was having, a, egg is his uh, more severe allergy. He's starting to grow out of uh, casein and white with milk, but egg is still fairly bad. Not anaphylactic, but he was having a reaction that was as close to anaphylaxis as he's ever gotten, and it was very scary, and um, he was in a lot of pain, honestly, and so we had to take him to the uh, ER, and he was there for quite a while, uh-huh. but um, that was, uh, it, it was out of nowhere, and it was completely unexpected, it caught us off guard, um, and it's just a perfect example of, you have to be vigilant, because it be two, two different sizes of the exact same product, and it, 
I don't know how that makes it different, but I guess, like you said, Crystal, it's the equipment. But, boy, we learned a very hard lesson that day, and that was in November. And so, you know, always learning. We're always learning. Isn't that the truth? Mm-hmm. If there is anything that you all would ask of, of anyone out there listening, what would it be? So I think that I would want people to know um, that it is such a challenge for families um, who experience a food allergy um, and that they do their very, very best to try to help their children live as normally as possible. And um, for me, the the very supportive parents out there of my children's friends who would always go that extra mile to call me and ask me, you know, what could they do to help my child feel more included, that truly meant the world to me. Um, and the, the friends of my son who have been so understanding and won't eat the foods that could even potentially put him in harm's way, I, I'm so appreciative of them. And so um, for all of our sisters out there who live in close quarters or, you know, dine in close quarters uh, with all their friends to be um, compassionate, understanding, and also vigilant to know that they might be someday um, asked to, to be of support and help and aid to a sister who might need them, um, just to always be there to be that friend. Well, I will tell you that my oldest son will always tell you that he is ready to stand by and waiting to jab his brother in the leg with a needle. (laughs) (laughs) But he is also the first person to advocate for his little brother. And, And I say little in quotes there. He was nearly six feet tall at 13. But, but I think that you're right. What about you, Ashley? Well, I would just, I would echo everything that Jesse just said. Um, first of all, it has meant the world to me and my husband. Um, as Clay has gotten older, the parent he, he also goes to a small school, and you, you, we've gotten to know the um, the moms, the parents, the children, the teachers, and the administration, and everyone has been so supportive and so helpful. And before class parties or anything, uh, that any sort of gatherings, a lot of times someone would reach out and say, hey, this is my plan. Is this okay? Um, you know, making sure that he's taken care of. That has happened most of the time. And I cannot tell you what that means to me because I know that they care about my child. I mean, it's brought me to tears before because it's, it's meant so much that my, my child's health means that much to them. But um, also, um, just sort of for anyone who has a food allergy or a food allergic um, friend or family member, um, keep keep supporting them and or a sister, um, you know, in our uh, housing or any of our AOPI sisters out there. Just, you know, be supportive and, like Jesse said, be that friend and um, be, be the person who it's okay. I mean, keep the nut-free room. Uh, the peanut free or tree nut free room, whatever it is in the house. Um, and also, it, even if you may not know immediately someone who is affected by food allergies or if you don't have them yourself, uh, please understand that they are very, very real. 
and they are a very real health concern for those who have them. They're not trying to be a difficult person or someone who's trying to make it inconvenient for you to eat your peanut butter sandwich. It is truly a matter of life and death, and it's okay to try to find an alternative and um, to just help that person be healthy and respect that boundary for them because it is a really hard boundary. Exactly, yes. I think that's probably the the perfect description of it and I've never heard that used before but but it is it's a it's a when people talk about on conference calls they have a hard stop that means they must do something different you know this is a hard boundary it's not a it's not a decision that people make because it's a whim um you don't I've never met a food allergy person that has has a food allergy by choice and I think the only thing I would add to that look raising kids is hard and, and I know it's hard with a child who doesn't have food allergies. I, I raised one of those too, or in the process of it. We'll see how that works out in a few more years yet. But, but it is, there is an extra layer of challenge when you have a child with a food allergy, much as, as there is for so many things out there. A food allergy is just one of the challenges that parents face uh, on a variety of different scales and spectrums across the board. But I, I would ask that, that people know that food allergy moms are so vigilant and so diligent and so specific, not because they are trying to be disrespectful or because they think they're better or what they have to say is more important or that the experience or their child is more important than the experience or anyone else's children, but more that... It is to preserve life and to just know that that it will require a little extra patience and a little extra grace and to, to know that, that food allergy moms are just like everyone else and just trying to make the world a better place for their, their children as well and for everyone to exercise just a little more love and care and compassion and kindness when it comes to that because I do know people who who have kids who who went through the phases where they would only eat a chicken nugget or they would only eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich but the there are things they could eat that would not literally end their lives and I I think that just being able to take that step back and take that moment and see it from the food allergy perspective is the one thing that I would ask for all moms that are struggling in their own ways and then have a friend or a new person in a class that has an allergy or that wants to come to a birthday party because it is a lot and it is one more challenge for that event. But for those of us who live it every day, it's a daily challenge that we take up willingly because we love those in our lives with food allergy, but it certainly it certainly does change the scope of it. So I think that's what I would ask. Um, my particular favorite place to go to find information on food allergy is actually FAIR, F-A-R-E dot com. Do you ladies have any other suggestions for people out there that might be interested in learning more or maybe have a newly diagnosed friend or loved one that that they're trying to learn a little bit more for? Well, um, I know the Food Allergy and Anaphylaxis Network has a good website with a lot of resources. Um, I don't know if it's F-A-A-N dot org. Um, I could be giving wrong information, but... But a Google search would, would turn up the correct, right information. <laughs> correct, yes, yes. 
And for me, that I have also gotten a lot of great support um, and information in addition to fair um, and fan um, from a Facebook group um, that is parents of high school and college students with food allergies. And um, that has been a really great resource for all questions relating to study abroad, um, moving to the dorms, how to ask for accommodations in college and in high school. Um, and I would definitely um, emphasize to anybody that um, knowing your child's rights and being able to advocate for them is so important in this area and not to be afraid to stand up and get them what they need. Absolutely. Yeah, I would absolutely agree with that. And one more thing I do want to add, um, as, as we've gotten older and traveled more, um, there are certain companies um, that do an amazing, amazing job of catering to children or people, guests with food allergies. Um, I know there's a ton of information about Disney and Universal out there um, and other theme parks. I know Disney is particularly amazing. So anyone... Well, and you know I'm a Disney girl, so... Oh, I know. I know. That's why I wanted to mention it. It's near and dear to your heart. It is. And my pocketbook, unfortunately. But it's worth every penny in my world. Incredible experiences with Disney. I could do an entire episode on our wonderful food allergy safe um, experiences at Disney parks and on Disney cruises. They are phenomenal with food allergies. I was totally at ease. Agreed, yes. Are there any other companies out there that we are familiar with? Um, I know that as far as another um, amusement park, I know that Holiday World in uh, Santa Claus, Indiana, we have a lot of, <laughs> in, in my area, which is Middle Tennessee, we have a lot of uh, advertisements for there, but they, they have a really, um, really exceptional food allergy program. It was really very forward thinking and started about maybe eight or nine years ago, just in their cleanliness. Uh, Dollywood is the same way. Um, there's, you just have to let people know, uh, especially in the restaurants on the front ends, uh, which we food allergy moms do anyway, yes, when we talk to managers, servers, things like that, but, uh, they have food allergy protocol that is very serious. And, um, and so those are the only, those are the ones that stick out immediately. Well, and I will say one of the things that was passed down to us early on, because we do enjoy travel, and we have not traveled internationally with the children, but one of the things I worried about was the language barriers that existed. And there are, through the FAIR website, and I'm sure other places as well, but you can actually go online and print cards. They look like business cards, and it will say in whatever language of choice, what your food allergies are and it will explain that so that you can sit down at a restaurant i will say paris france because we all know that's my favorite place on the planet but if i were to take wyatt to paris and i have every intention of doing that in the future that we could you know my french is abysmal at best although i do try i even have the duolingo app i occasionally hop on but we can give them this card and it is very specific to explain his food allergy and, and that you can just hand it out to everyone that you see that you pass in a restaurant. So 
So I, I really do want to give a shout out to the people who are getting ready to plan those kinds of trips and maybe concerned about language barriers because that was something that gave, I even ordered a sample set of them just to, out of curiosity to see what they would look like. I think they come in sets of 10 maybe and at least they did when I ordered them and and it was just a wonderful weight that was lifted off of my mind about how we could effectively communicate against language barriers that this is a very real thing for us and, and I have have met with several people in the past who have had good experience with that as well. I've even used those cards in English um, in restaurants right here in America or in Canada um, because sometimes servers are not all that familiar with how to handle it and often I will just give them the card and say if you'll share this with the chef and with the kitchen staff they should understand Um, and those have even helped me in English. That's absolutely a brilliant thought. You are not wrong. That's awesome. Well, because, you know, I've had those moments when I have hesitated because I'm not sure that the person is hearing what I'm saying. And and I will say, I would like to speak with your chef, please. I understand and appreciate all you are saying. But but you have those moments. And to your point, Jesse, you have to advocate for your child in this case. Yeah. Ladies, thank you so much. This is obviously a topic close to my heart. But it is something that as food allergy moms, I think we rely on each other. And there are moments that I have called Jesse in tears over things. And Ashley, there are moments that you and I have, have laughed about the various you know, lessons we have learned over the, the years simply because they are all well in the end. But I want you to know how much I appreciate you talking about this topic with me today and sharing all of the news with our sisters and friends out in the world. And for all of you listening, As always, thank you for doing so and stay well.